The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. gathers and now my watch begins welcome to the throne room house of dragons a poppychuloradio.com original series poppychulo radio pop culture on demand today is monday august 22nd 2022 and i'm your host priscilla obregon during this podcast we'll be having an in-depth discussion on hbo's house of the dragon please welcome my co-hosts Brittany garcia hey everybody and odina gonzalez Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 1, which was titled The Heirs of the Dragon and aired Sunday, August 21st, 2022. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Viserys hosts a tournament to celebrate the birth of his second child. Rhaenyra welcomes her uncle Damon back to the Red Keep. So, let's start off the episode by discussing it from the very top. We start by just explaining about King Jaehaerys the first that his need for an heir because he had no heirs because both of his sons died. So to find a suitable heir, he assembled the great Council of Harrenhal. Fourteen succession claims were heard, but only two were considered. The council found Rhaenys Targaryen, played by Eve Best, Jaehaerys' eldest descendant, had the strongest blood claim to the throne. But second was Viserys Targaryen, played by Paddy Considine, the next eldest. The council ruled that the kingdom could not pass to a woman, nor through a woman to her male descendants, so Viserys was named the next king of Westeros. Then we fast forward to the ninth year of Viserys' reign when our story begins. Here we meet Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen, played by Millie Alcock, daughter of Viserys, and her dragon, Cyrax. Her best friend is Alison Hightower, played by Emily Carey, daughter of Otto Hightower, played by Rhys Ifans. Hand of the King. Rhaenyra's mother, Ama, is pregnant. Viserys is confident that the baby will be a boy because he's had prof- prophetic dreams about it, but Ama has concerns about her miserable pregnancy. Rhaenyra, too, hopes it's a boy, or so she says. She believes it's the only thing that will make her father happy. Still, we know she's not interested in playing traditional roles as the Westerosi woman, because when her mother tells her that the discomfort of childbirth is how we serve the realm, she says she'd rather swing a sword on the battlefield. And then we have a moment between Alicent and Rhaenyra where Alicent shows that she's annoyed at Rhaenyra's ambivalence about the throne. So that's a big mouthful. So Brittany, tell me about your thoughts about this chunk of the episode. All right, I'm not going to lie. I was reluctant to be taken in by this show given the history with the writers and the previous show. And I'm pretty sure... Um, our listeners are Game of Thrones fans, so it, everyone who's returning here is taking a risk. But I have to say, personally, I think the writers did a good job introducing us to the world. They explained everything in the way that we could understand. And they gave us moments with 
the new characters where you start to kind of see where everyone's at, kind of getting the history, especially knowing that it's about, what, 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones, before Daenerys is even born. So you were getting a feel of the Targaryens, and if that's, like, your favorite house, like, I'm pretty sure you're already, like, totally in love with the show. But, um... A lot of the cast I don't recognize, except someone you haven't mentioned yet, because I know you're going to get to that later. But um, so far, everyone's performances are great. Um, Of course, there's prophecies coming in here. Everybody's waiting for that male heir, you know, all that sexist stuff. Classic Game of Thrones going on here. But I'm loving the vibe. I'm loving the dialogue, the characters, the way... I'm trying to read these characters, too, because it kind of feels like there is no inherently good versus evil type or good versus bad or whatever. Like how Game of Thrones, I think, feel like I feel like they clearly try to play that really early on, even though all the characters go kind of gray later. But I feel like here almost everyone is gray except maybe uh, Rhaenyra and her best friend until uh, later on. But, you know, they're just, they're women in the game, so they're going to be told what to do. I personally like where everything is, and I'm also kind of like eyes emoji. That's just uh, something my friends and I say where we're just kind of, you know, trying to analyze the king. You know, his name is Viserys, and the other, last time I know about a Viserys, I did not like him. He was not great. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he's named after this king. So I'm just wondering what he's going to do or what he can do that's going to, you know kind of live up to why Viserys was named after him later but regardless I and I loved I loved the queen the queen was great it's nice to see a queen that's not like Cersei <laughs> um <laughs> even though nobody can beat Lena Headey like let's be real but this one like you know Renera comes in with her dragon and you know she's fearless she's fierce she's um ambitious She's also like, I want to be, she's like a tomboy and I kind of, I'm kind of here for it. It's kind of cute. It's not replaying what Daenerys was in Game of Thrones. This is just, this is Renera and this is her story and we get to see how she is. And we see her relationship with her mother and I just, I loved all of that. I will say, I thought for a sec, for a split second I was fooled when we had the scene with um, Emma, the queen and Viserys where she's in the tub and she's not showing her boobs. And I was like, oh, my God, are they not going to show, like, tits and ass here in Game of Thrones? But <laughs> I was like, free the titties. No, but you're right. I expected that, too, and we didn't get that. It was actually a very wholesome moment that they gave us right there. And I really enjoyed that. And maybe it's the swan queen in me, but, like, the Alicent and Rhaenyra scene when they're when she's like, I want to go, like explore the world with you i was like damn this is like you were getting those vibes too were you right yeah. it kind of felt a little bit more than just a wholesome fr- i mean there is a wholesome friendship but i was feeling a little bit more than that i don't know if that's just me you know like give me more gaze on screen but i like that so i don't know what that's gonna be well i mean we know later on that you're gonna mention what's going on with them but i really and those were the vibes i was getting to i'm glad i'm not alone there oh my god thank you I'm not reading into that <laughs> <laughs> Odina, what do you think? Um, I'm kind of on board with Brittany. I really, really liked it. I was a little apprehensive given the fact that the last uh, Game of Thrones season was absolute anarchy. Um, but I do like the kind of like the opening shot of kind of introducing 
what was happening. It's 176 years before Daenerys, which is also hilarious. That's how we have to, like, gauge the timeline. Um, I think that the queen who wasn't, or whatever her name, her nickname was, yo, I would have fucking flayed bitches alive for not voting for me. So she's definitely graceful. Uh, her brother, what, what was it, Darius? Oh, and reference to, like, um, the fact that Danny's brother is also named the same name. Um, I mean, we kind of got a glimpse of how crazy this king is anyways. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, uh, he's kind of fucked up in his own mind. But, yeah, I like the opening shot of the daughter where she's on her dragon and she's riding the dragon. It's kind of cool to see how they incorporated, like, how casually the rest of the realm like was around the dragons and how like intergrained into like mm-hmm. high court it was that was pretty cool um but overall yeah i did like it i thought there's some sca- i was not getting the lesbianness out of the two friends i i did not pick up <laughs> to be fair i got more like incestual vibes from like her uncle, like, Damien or whatever. Me, okay, me too. We're not I was Damien, like, what yeah. the hell? I was like, this is a little, I was like, not another Cersei Jamie moment. But oh, then their whole, like, their whole bloodline is like that anyway. So I'm like, it's gonna happen. But like, that's are you like, are, wait are you conflicted to ship it or are you just yeah, like oh that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm no because like, me too I'm, I'm here and I'm gonna air out my dirty laundry with shipping and stuff like that and I'm it's because it's Matt Smith. And yeah. you have to admit, I know we're not into that part of the episode yet, but you have to admit his scenes with Renera, where they're the, they're only talking to Valerian with each other, yeah. and it and he is kind of soft with her. So He's that's like, what mm, it was more than soft. I don't know. I was like, damn, okay, sure. Well, I, like for me, it's because we see him throughout the episode doing other <laughs> terrible dick, stuff. Yeah. You know, he's being a dick. Like to put it simply, like that's exactly what he is. But yeah. he's playing it to where you he's gonna be layered. I'm not saying that's gonna make us like oh, go, go for him. But I I just noticed I paid attention to the way he was treating his niece, and I don't <laughs> know if that's genuine. Or that's self-serving. I will say this. In competition with him. But yeah. It is a piss poor reflection of my choice in men that I was like, I love him. <laughs> I was like, no, but you I love, love the bitches. Like, yeah, no, I love the fact that he has anger management issues. But um, yeah, no, overall, I thought it was a great opening. I did appreciate, as Brittany said, kind of like the explanation of everything, especially because like, I know some stuff, but I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate that they kind of revamped the way Hall looked and the throne and everything. Apparently, it's more book accurate. I've only read, like, one book, so I, I can't say for sure. But apparently, it is more book accurate to how things were. And, like, through by the time we get to, like, the original Game of Thrones series, there's a reason why, like, the throne isn't as huge and, like, why you don't see and all prickly. the prickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's all prickly. Um, but yeah, overall, 10 out of 10. I did like the introduction of some characters. Other ones kind of just faded into the back. But like for me, the queen did nothing. I was kind of like, oh, she's pregnant. But other oh, than wow. that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, it's true. I mean, she literally only had one episode. But Game of Thrones, like both shows didn't have a problem with world building. So it's yeah. really nice to like dive into that and see how things were 200 years ago you know, in comparison yeah. to the original one. So everything looks 
it's weird seeing a peaceful time, technically. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Technically, until Damon was doing his weird stuff. But, you know, we'll <laughs> get into that. But, like, I enjoyed all of that, too. But, uh, yeah. So, we'll continue with um, the meetup that you guys were discussing in the throne room of Renera and her uncle, Damon, who's played by Matt Smith. Uh, he sits comfortably on top of the spiky sword-laden iron throne. Uh, contrast his comfort with Viserys, who nurses multiple wounds from the throne, including a pus-oozing hole in his back that won't seem to heal, which might be important later on. Damon believes he'll be next in line for the throne if Emma's child isn't a boy. Damon, distrusted by many in the cir- king's circle for his brutish tendencies, is currently the commander of the city watch. Believing his brother to be soft on crime, he rounds up his guardsmen for a blitzkrieg on King's Landing, which he says has fallen into squalor under Viserys' rule. You're a pack of hounds, he tells the bloodthirsty troops before sicking them loose on the thoroughfare for some gory eye-to-eye justice. Viserys isn't pleased with his brother, and a tense argument reveals that Damon despises his wife, Lady Rhea Royce, heir to Runestone in the valley in the Vale of Arryn. He spends no time in the Vale, preferring to be close to the royal family in King's Landing. During their argument, he takes shots at Otto Hightower, with whom there is no love lost. Damon retreats to his comp- to his companion Miseria, played by Sonoya Mizuno who comforts him after his lingering anger spoils their tryst. I'm wondering if you guys are correct about the whole incestual thing, because even his whore, Maceria, like, would you like platinum-haired girl? And when they were talking together and he gives her the special metal necklace, like, he asks that he place it on her, so... Yeah. I, I don't know if... I forget, Viserys' queen, or the queen in the episode, she's his cousin or sister. I don't remember. If they if they said anything in the episode, if not, then it was probably my own research that I did. Because I know this is already, it's not written in a like, a like a novelty book thing like Game of Thrones is being written. But a lot of the details and or the bigger details are in a book. So maybe that's where I learned that from. I'm not sure they might talk about it. But um, I... I don't know what's going on with Matt Smith. Maybe that's just the way he's playing his character. I only know him from Doctor Who, and I didn't even watch that much Doctor Who. I just knew he was the 12th Doctor. But knowing that the Doctor Who is a uh, character is, like, kind of... I don't know if he's, like, goofy. I think he's a little goofy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like, he knows how to play an asshole, apparently, and people that we're talking mm-hmm. about in the comments in the thread. And so that's what I'm saying. When he was with Rhaenyra, I... I, I, I think I'm going to have some confliction here because I really like their scenes. I like their dialogue and I like their chemistry. And I know that's weird. But this is what Game of Thrones has done to me. This is George R. R. Martin's fault. But I, 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 have, I have a soft spot for when the asshole has a soft spot for somebody. And again, if it's not genuine, I'll turn on that real quickly. But I'll still like enjoy his character being the sassy dick brother but if he genuinely has you know affection for his family like in a wholesome way not in the way that i was talking about right now then um that's going to be the confliction of like you know fans of his character like look he can be soft but look he can chop off someone's dick the next scene that we can't <laughs> yeah that was that was wild that was, was wild. i wasn't mad about that though <laughs> Because they literally said rapist and they chopped off, yeah. they chopped it off. And I'm like, you know, okay. You're like, yeah. Right, let's bring yeah. it back. 
I think we also saw a close-up of something else that was there. It's just a lot of weird yeah. stuff going on. But I, I did not know that they were raiding, um, like, uh, criminals. I didn't know that that was it. I was like, oh, you what are they, they doing? they were just, like, here? regular people. Well, I, I've seen that in game. I've seen, I've seen yeah. them do that type of stuff, like just go and raid or or just basically mistreating the poor. That's what I thought it was. I thought they were like, because it was nighttime that they were yeah. getting, you know, homeless people or the poor or something. And then they started talking that it was criminals and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay. But I still know that's not the right, that's chaotic. Like, what is it? Lawful? Chaotic. Oh, well. I think it's more chaotic evil, to be honest. Maybe it is chaotic evil or lawful chaos. I, I don't. One of those, or in very in between those two, only because all of them are criminals. So I'm kind of like, eh, I don't care. But then there's that other that other side where it's like, well, don't you want to rehabilitate criminals and like you <laughs> yep. know do better? And it's just like wherever you stand, that's where you stand. But again, it didn't reflect yeah. the crown well. But I it don't also think they were criminals, though. I think honestly, they were um like innocent people, like the boar. That's what I thought too. I but feel like some of I them it, probably were, but others. It was were... probably a mix, right? Because yeah. I think it, I think it might have been a mix of people, but they specifically like later on around that time they were like rapist mm-hmm. and then murderer, yeah. and you know they were specifically calling those people out. But I like I said it. Where they they uh they invade or not invaded but they went into the town so that's why I was yeah. like it's townsfolk but they had the murderers and rapists there too I thought they would have gone yeah. to like a jail or something so again I don't know if they just had them there or what but they um, were like doing a demonstration because they yeah. at one point in the council say like oh he literally made like the town come out and like watch it was a the public demonst- thing yeah. yeah. So, like, I feel like it was, they definitely got someone that was innocent that probably should not have, because they was yeah. chopping off every type of limb. Exactly. So, like, they got someone in the crossfire. I mean, in general, do I love the character? Yeah. But yeah, that's okay. that's because I'm problematic. <laughs> yeah, but he's entertaining. I mean, if you have just Viserys against nobody. Yeah. You know, someone I that's also, just like him, it's not fun. I also feel like I like his character in the sense that, he comes off very straightforward. Like, I'm sure, obviously, he's going to be scheming or whatever else with everyone else. But I do feel like, back to your point, I do think he genuinely does care about his family. I just think it comes out in a fucked up way. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how he does it. Like, when he was arguing, or that's later. But either way, yeah, no, I do think he genuinely does care. Um, I find his, like, the way they introduced him and his introduction into the story to be very, like, symbolic and very, like, weird because like they had a lot of parallels with like the introduction of him and then like the start of violence within the show which like they start with the golden cloaks and like all that like violence and then like later as the show progresses they did that whole scene that was parallel to like the whole pregnancy thing and I was just like that's a very interesting take so like I'm assuming there's like a metaphor there like or at least the suggestion that like should he be king, then, like, he would literally be, like, a mad king. Where he's... Yeah, it, that was a reflection of giving him a little bit of power and exactly. look what he did with it. And it's like, yeah. and it, but in his mind, he what was it? Some people on the council were, like, they were kind of for it. They're like, well, you yeah. know what? You do need a strong, firm hand so that you need, mm-hmm. if you need a good balance of being a good king, but also a fearful one so that yeah. you can keep them um, in place. So that's where people are going to, you know. I don't believe that or yes, but I think Viserys is mm-hmm. very like, oh yeah, he's my brother, he'll behave again or something, like dismissing it pretty much. But yeah. 
again, again, Damon's like just he's just he's great. He's made an impression in like halfway through the episode. Yeah. And uh it's it's entertaining. And again, he was soft with Reyna, but then he was also mm-hmm. soft with his with his hoe in the back. <laughs> the, the girl the girl at the the brothel, like his side he check. did he didn't mistreat her because like that could have been yeah. a scene. Where we could have seen him, you know, mistreating the mistress or, mm-hmm. you know, like you're just here for whatever service you're providing. But he really couldn't get off. She goes and she comforts like the way she cradles him and the way he allows himself to be cradled. Yeah. That's where I'm saying it's the layered effect of like maybe he doesn't mistreat women, but he does mistreat like, you know, yeah, the common else. folk and criminals. And like he's like a. I know I was trying to say the word, but he's literally like maybe lawful evil or something. I don't know. This yeah. is a really weird layer thing. I don't know how to explain his character. In <laughs> just you just episode. admit you're in love with his character. <laughs> I oh, I, in a fictional way. Okay, it's in not what I want. You know, I have a I have a barrier here. You know, the line is drawn. Felons uh, of America. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of shipping. Priscilla knows this. Some of our listeners know this if they've been with me a couple years back. Um. But I'm just, I'm just enamored. I like, I like these conflict, like these characters that yeah. make me feel conflicted. And I feel like this show is really telling us no one is all good and all bad from the get go. Yeah. In Game of Thrones, right off the bat, we know Ned is good. We know yeah. the Starks are good. They're honorable. They do some honorable things that are kind of fucked up, but it's honorable because we see Ned chop off someone's head. But yeah. it's for the realm and it's lawful. You know, it's lawful good or whatever, or maybe lawful neutral, however you want it. But here, you know, everyone starts off nice, but then they have something. Viserys starts off nice, but then he does something later, you know, which Priscilla will talk about. That you're kind of like, well. You're like, no. Yeah. And then Damon, of course, too, you know, he his first scene is sitting on the throne. We already know this guy wants it. But then he talks to Renee and there's nothing. I didn't get any creepy vibe, maybe when he's putting on the necklace. But before that, they're talking to each other. They have a banter. But she's not afraid of him. But she's also kind of like trying to analyze him. But then he's soft with her. And it's just that's where I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Again, I don't know who to trust here. That kind of scares me, but I I'm say intrigued. that, yeah, like, the this show does a better job, I guess, of Game of Thrones than, like, like trying to explain that nobody, like you said, is good or bad completely, and that you really can't trust. Because even when they were on the council, I don't, I forget his name, um, but the I black don't... dude with the dreads, the white dreads. Oh, Corlys Cor- Valerian. Yes. Yeah him he like when, every time he talked i was like i don't trust you really i, I you well, okay okay fair but i enjoyed him on screen i feel like he yeah the screen a lot every time they put it on him i was like 100%. i like you i like yeah. him as like his character but i don't yes. trust his character yeah because he was for damon wasn't he wasn't he? yeah he, was, he like, was like suspiciously like no like i like chaotic things he's holding a gr- i think he's holding a grudge if i'm 100%. not mistaken so 100%. that's what that is yeah, no, I see what you mean. I just wanted to say that throughout this entire thing, like, I found it really funny that, like, Matt Smith used to play, like, kind of like an incesty like, family with the royal family and the crown, and he's back to playing an incesty character with Damon. He's being typecast, but it's for the yeah. good of the realm. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, what I thought to be was one of, like, the more exciting parts of the episode, uh, the jousting tournament held in honor of Viserys' soon-to-be-born son. Um, son. Emma, we learn, is going into labor in uh, turn with the tournament, 
And Damon clad in elaborate dragon armor, which looks like dragoon armor from Final Fantasy, trolls Hightower by challenging his son and using his joust to trip young Hightower's horse, injuring him. He asks Alicent for a favor instead of Renera. And Renera, meanwhile, bestows her favor on a handsome Dornishman, Sir Kristen Cole, played by Fabian Frankel. Soon, Cole and Damon square off. Damon scores an early strike, but it's Cole who wins the joust. A seething Damon challenges Cole to a contest of arms, but it plays out much like the joust, with Damon starting strong and ending up on his back. He's lucky he didn't end up like some of the other competitors, with some of them with their heads axed to a pulp following the battles. Regardless, Damon refuses Cole's hand after defeat. And meanwhile, Emma's labor is going as badly as she feared. The maester tells Viserys that she's going to die, but there's a chance to save the child. To do so, however, would mean cutting it out, killing Emma. Viserys, desperate for an heir, doesn't struggle long before asking them to cut out the baby. He holds her down, and they do, and Viserys soon finds himself standing over the blood-soaked corpse of his wife, holding a baby that will be dead in just a few hours. Ama's suffering was in vain. So, Dina, what do you feel about the tournament and the terrible C-section? Okay, so I'm going to unpack this trauma. Um, The jousting scene was by far probably one of my like favorites um again like i liked that it was happening simultaneously with like the birth c-section honestly what it was it was like a forced birth like i was like is this a parable for america where like women don't have rights and we can just cut them open she did not want to have that happen and they just did it to her um and like okay i didn't really understand at first because i thought that they were saying that she could survive but that would have meant the baby died and vice versa like they could save the baby but not her and then he made that choice but if she was just gonna die anyways all right i kind of get it but like even still i wouldn't i wouldn't be like yeah i cut my wife open but i liked that like especially the scene with damon fighting the mr cole man also i think i'm gonna like that character as well but with them, like, actually fighting and, like, when people were doing contests of arms and there was heads splitting open and all that was the exact same time where, like, the birthing was taking place and when the C-section was taking place. Like, the C-section literally took place at the same time that Damon was defeated. So it was, like, a weird, like, symbolic thing. Symbolic for what? I don't really fucking know because the child died anyways. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked both scenes. I agree on the armor. I was like, what? Who designed this armor? Why are there wings on the head? It was so cheesy. But I was like, hey, good for you. I also, like, wonder, like, one thing that was kind of left up in the air, because you don't see it even when they, like, all find out that the child and the mother died, and they're doing the funeral thing or whatever. Like, did they ever tell the girl or was that like just conveniently kept out of it like I was so confused on that because I was like yo that was my, I would have fucking been furious but I did love the jousting scene I did like seeing the different houses especially like them kind of really focusing on the Baratheon thing too because they focused on Hightower they focused on the Baratheon joust and then they did the last guy whom I have no clue who that man is <laughs> like I feel like Kiki Palmer I'm like I don't know that man <laughs> I would see him on the street and I wouldn't know who he is 
But overall, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a cute scene. I thought it had like a little more meaning than just the jousting. Um, but overall, ten out of ten. I love Matt Smith and that character. Like people are telling people saying that he can't like act this role. I'm like, he's actually doing such an amazing job. I have no clue how you guys don't agree. Brittany, do you agree with Odina? Oh yeah, I uh, I think the birthing scene and the seat, the fourth seat, I did definitely forced. All that was forced. I also think the writers took up the opportunity to write that, given the climate of what's going on. Um, definitely a reflection of our times, but I mean, this has been a thing forever. You know that that whole conflict of you know your the wife and the child are in trouble. Um, the husband has to pick. You know stuff like that, and I I feel like that's just a a crazy, unimaginable, but also imaginable scenario. And here, you know, there's a lot of factors at play. I'm not condoning or um, on his side for what he did, but the, you know, the way he sees it is his wife literally told him scenes ago when she was in that tub that she was not going to go through another pregnancy because she had so many that failed and it was hard for her. And we get that, you know, like that, That takes a toll on her, and she's exhausted. She's tired. This is it for her, whether it's a boy, it's a girl, what have you. She's done. And that talk, like, it shows a lot about their relationship because he doesn't scold her. He doesn't get mad at her. He just was like, you know what? Okay. You know? Because he could be an asshole and say that, but then again, after that conversation. Yeah, because he's going to cut out a child. No, but that's what I'm saying. We see that first, and then he go, and then when the scene happens where he chooses, I think he plays in his mind that he's like, "Oh, she literally told me that she's not gonna have any more kids, so if she's gonna die here, let me save the kid." And that's like his rationale. For me, I always save the spouse. Like that would be like my yeah. thing. It's like I'm gonna, whether you give me a kid or not, like I'm gonna save you because you're my partner. You know, like that. That's for me. But for him, that's not what he chose. And then the child dies anyway. You know, but it's he just doesn't it's, have that choice. The maesters like frame it as if if he doesn't do anything, both of them are gonna die. Yeah, they and, might have uh, manipulated him, right? They might have manipulated yeah. him in that scenario because I'm not gonna lie. I think we all take it sometimes in face value, like in any TV show of like, you know, you have to choose between them and blah blah. Like we just we just go with it. We're like, oh fuck, that's a hard choice to make. But in this type of show, with the way we know how things work, they always they always manipulate shit. They all and especially where the king's in a in a in a hard place. So what he's oh gonna be taking God. advantage of. I just thought of something. I have a theory, but we need to get to another part first. So that makes sense though, Brittany. Like I now I don't trust any of them. What if she could be like I'm like shit, wait. Well they I mean, did I, the Maester did give the information to Otto Hightower yeah. before giving it to the king. So. And then Otto's yeah. like, here's my little daughter. Yeah, and that, and no, that's the thing though. Doesn't Otto t- uh, Hightower give you vibes of Ned and Littlefinger? He gives me Littlefinger vibes. Hard. I was gonna say more Littlefinger. Yeah, I, because, I, I. Yeah. What if he's like telling the Maester to be like, okay, like if the situation's looking kind of bad, say this kind of thing, or like they're like in that vein, because like the only way he's gonna gain more power than he already has is by having a queen from his house on the throne. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I was going to say, too, when have we ever seen a maester that was trustworthy in in, the, in this show or in the other show? Like, they've and all been skeezy and gross and, like, yeah. maybe they weren't schemy, but they always were self-serving or yeah. they listened to someone else's. Like, Cersei had, 
you know, the other, that maester guy, like, doing all her shit all the time. Like, he was a double agent for her through and through. But he was also doing gross shit, like, giving exams to young girls and stuff like that because he could. And also having, like, you know, the brothel and stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it could be self-serving or it could be from Otto Hightower, which I, I, I did say Ned and uh little, little finger, finger because the little finger he is scheming the way we see him later on you know the prison is going to get into that but also the net part where he is loyal to the king he is you know doing his job he is speaking truth whether that has ulterior motives or not but he seems pretty honorable in that aspect but then he's like completely can turn shitty so you know i get both of those vibes in my opinion but, uh, I mean, there's still left, more left to be seen. It's only the first episode and halfway through it. That's like the vibe I though, I will not have you besmirching the name of Sam. Sam was a Oh, oh, of Sam course. Sam only one. He's like an, like an exception. He was nice yeah. watch first. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's our son. He's great. And he was never, he never turned shitty for anything. He was always good. Even when he went to go study, those maesters were shitty to him, too. Or, like, they weren't that great. Like, there was just nothing good about them. They were just very, just doing their job or what have you. But they're also in favor of men more than women. And if it, they they would definitely take the child over, you know, the queen. So, you know, now, now I'm starting to think that maybe they did manipulate him. And why not? He's in distress. His wife is dying. She's trying to give birth to, you know, the son that he, he was getting dreams about. And he's like, well, you know, you got to kill her or you say, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. oh, fuck, you got to make the decision now because she cannot stay like that. So what do you do? As a side note, because we've covered basically everything. I'm just going to say Christian Cole is hot. Bruh, bruh, is there a love triangle between Allison, Rhaenyra and him? I hope so, because that'd be nice. Um, Allison can get the fuck out because I also don't like her or trust her. She seemed very sweet at first, and then I started to, like, eyes emoji at her, like, girl, yeah. are you, are you, are, is she a pawn in someone else's game, and then is she gonna rise up, like, like, anti Sansa, like, you know, Sansa was a pawn <laughs> in everyone's game, but he rose to power in a better way, I'm not saying they wrote her beautifully, but I am a Sansa stan, so I will always be with her, but Sansa, like, learned from her, all the stuff that was going on until she could control her own um stuff but she was still always good she was gonna rule nicely i don't know about allison i don't know if she's gonna rule nicely i don't know if her affection for reyna is gonna get in the way of that or it's gonna be spite and they're gonna be at each other's throats which by the way i am theorizing that the two of them are gonna be at odds but i I don't know how old are they did they ever say that uh yeah i feel like they're probably at this point like I think they aged them up probably from the book. Like, so they might, yeah. I maybe. want to maybe like 14. I was going to say 14 too. Yeah. Like just old enough to like apparently have sex with the fucking king. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, cause not... they, they aged up the other ones in game with like, I think Daenerys was what, 16. They tried to make her 16. And then Sansa was 13, like tweeny. So I, yeah. But I couldn't tell if they're, they feel tweeny ish, which is why I say 13, 14. Um, yeah. That but makes I'm sense sure. because when Sansa started, like there was that whole, like the season where she got her first period. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I would feel like, yeah, they're around that age anyways. I don't but... think her dad, well, uh, not that I know, not that he would know a lot about women and their bodies, <laughs> but I don't know if he'd be sending her when she's not, you know. That's what I mean. Like, so she has to be past that threshold. Because then even... that's just another whole ass, like, <laughs> thing that would be so gross. Like, this is already gross. <laughs> that would be grosser if that was even possible. But it is. That's what I'm saying. I so. feel like it has to be because, like, in with the Sansa thing, like, her maids and her, like, lady chamber ladies or whatever, the one that told Cersei that she was, like, becoming a woman. So, like, he might not have to know, like, himself, but he could have, like, little spies or whatever. I think that's be, like, maybe why they aged them up in the, in the, in this series. Yeah. So, they're probably about 14. I could even say 15. But they yeah. just, the actresses are, they look very young. They're very pretty. They're very pretty, but yeah, they, yeah. I get very young vibes from them. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, so. they are. They look super young, or they did a really good job of making them look We're that casting, young. yeah, because, I mean, I think they they casted, you know, Sansa, Rob, and Arya, and, like, all of those actors, actors mm-hmm. and actresses at their actual age like that. Maybe not John and Rob, and then they were probably in their 20s, but yeah. I, think, I think Sophie Turner was, like, 15, 16. And she yeah. grew up on the show, so that's what I'm saying, that I don't know if they did that or what, but that's just what I got. So, um, aside from that, that I just went off that on that tangent, uh, the whole, like, jousting thing was great. I am, a, I am a, a thought already for Christian Cole. Bring it on. I need to thought. I also need love triangles, you know, like... If it's going to be with the two of them, because I don't know, I was getting that vibe where they come and they're like, give me the little, what is it? The little the flower crown. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, Damon was like, oh, Allison. I feel like that wasn't like intentional that he likes Allison. That was just a, you know, poke, uh, poke the bear, poke oh, auto high tower. 100%. You know, I just beat I... up your brother, but here, <laughs> take my favorite. <laughs> give me your favorite. And we're like, okay. And then Christian Cole comes and the both of the girls are like, oh, you're sexy, you're Dornish, like, what is this? And I'm like, girls, me too. So that's why I was wondering if, like, they, they, there's, like, a love triangle there, maybe. But definitely, Reyna uh, and, um, Renera, I'm sorry, and Christian, I think, were making googly eyes at each other. Definitely Might have been I think I, if there's gonna be, like, a triangle, it's gonna be Damien, Renera, and Cole. Because he already doesn't like him. So I feel like he's going to use it as an excuse to, like, be like, oh, I fucking hate that guy. Why do I I want want half incest in here? What are you doing to me? I've been reading too many YA novels. But I feel like that would probably be a love triangle at some point. It doesn't have to be right now, but, like, yeah. Well, I feel like it's going to be fueled more with, you know, what ends up happening at the end of the episode. Like, why wouldn't he want a love triangle to try and get in good graces with Rhaenyra because of her status towards the end of the episode. So that's Mm -hmm. what I was just, those were just the vibes I was getting. And uh, something I just wanted to point out real quick was after the birthing scene and, you know, the forced birth, like I, that was just, that was nightmare fuel. I feel sorry for any pregnant women that were watching. Anybody that's ever been through any trauma at the hospital. Like, I am so sorry. That was horrific on all like fronts. And after it finished, when the maester's holding the baby, I was like, oh, well, I guess the baby saved, you know, that's going to happen. But then I was thinking about, I was like, I don't think there's a son here. Like, 
what? And the maester kind of is holding the baby and he looks at him kind of like worried or something. And I was all like, did I catch that right? I don't know. And then the very next scene, we have the funeral for both of them. And I was like, oh, so the director and the writers know what they're doing with those subtle details. I don't know if everyone catches on to that, but that was already one that the baby was not going to survive. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't catch. I just I was like, oh, shit, I was right. Oh, I know what I saw. Like, that was crazy. No, as soon as, like, the king was like, oh, I had a dream about it. I'm like, nightmares, what you had, because that baby was dying. I knew that baby was going to die from the jump. I was like, there would be literally almost no conflict if the baby lived. Which, also- you know, we all saw the trailer. I saw the trailer, like, <laughs> twice. And I still was all like, what? There's a son? Why does it sound like the trailers? Like, it just went over my head. That's how, like, you know, airheaded I have. But, Yeah. <laughs> I also liked kind of like, I don't know if it was an intentional kind of a throwback or like a mirror scene to the first season of Game of Thrones where Daenerys like lights a fire for uh, Cal Drogo and then like goes into the fire with the eggs. I feel like it was like a similar kind of a vibe because she also had lost her child slash like partner let them on fire kind of thing and i was like oh like maybe that was just like her bloodline being like this is how we take care of things but that was an interesting scene as well i gotta say i crossed my legs when i saw like the c-section i was like no i can't do i can't take this it was awful it was awful and the that and the thing is they were foreshadowing it from the very beginning of the episode with that conversation ama has with with Renera, she tells her, you know, they're, they're, the men's battlefield is out there, ours is here, and the, you know, it's childbirth and all that stuff, and we're like, I'm just like, man, I hate it here, and I knew that that was gonna freaking just come back to bite us in the butt, or bite her in the butt, and it, and it did, and it's unfortunate, and it sucks, and I, I feel for her, because in that scene, in the tub scene, you know, she's, she's genuine, she's like, I am sorry that I failed you, that I did not bring any airs for you, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do... She also stands her ground. She's like, I'm not going to do this again. And then her husband chooses a child that ends up dying over her. And he doesn't even tell her what's going on. Oh, no, that scene is horrific. For a lot of Game of Thrones stuff that we've seen, that's, you know, it's disturbing and turning away. This was just horrific. Like, I, I kind of wanted to fast forward it, but I stuck it through because, you know, I can do this. I like horror movies. That's my, that's my genre, but I don't <laughs> like body horror. I don't like it. It's not great. Like and gore? It's, I can handle gore. I cannot handle, like, torture porn, you know, like oh, the, yeah. you know, which I feel like they kind of did because, well, what are they doing? They're cutting her open. And it reminded it's, me of the oh. Red Wedding, too, like when they stab. Um, ah, no, don't tell. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Yes. 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 No, you're right. Oh, God. I feel like we're going to get a lot of that, by the way. I feel like we're going to get those parallels, like you were saying, Odena, Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, the fire scene in the funeral and then Danny's in season one, too. Like, I feel like we're going to get stuff like that. So I will say in the funeral, Damon looked like he cared about his family because he's like, your dad needs you. Go. They're waiting for you. Yeah. Oh. And, and he was so soft with her. You see what I mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. He's soft, man. The You're going to be in a love awesome. triangle with fucking Damon. And I'm in a love triangle with Damon, like, <laughs> through the screen. Just because I, I have, I just, I I need someone to thought over when I'm watching a TV show, okay? That doesn't mean I'm going to dismiss the stuff that they do. But I need someone to look at the tense. And I know I said Cole was already one. So give me a love triangle with the two of them and I'm done. But... No, you're right, Priscilla. He literally, he 
goes to her and he's really soft with her and he's like you know they need you that's your mom up there like you know he just he says it in, in a they say again they're speaking in valerian to each other which i think i'm just gonna love if they keep that up throughout the season i'm gonna just adore that just love that but that's what i'm saying is that fake or is that genuine and if genuine i'm gonna have a problem <laughs> well i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna adore damon of course but like it's just that's great. That is layering for characters because I think we're so used to like Joffrey, which, you know, he fake genuine concern. But then right after he does something terrible, like the whole thing with Ned, where he's like, oh, yes, my lady Sansa, she asked me to give mercy. So I'm going to give mercy. And all of us are watching like, oh, OK. And he's like, but no, I'll grim me his head. And we're like, oh, fuck this little this little kid. I hate you. But Damon didn't, like, do that. He wasn't mean in that he was actually genuine. And then, you know, later on, he he is who he is. I feel like that's the cool thing, that he's not faking whatever small affection that is. You know, that could still, he could still be a psycho, because psychopaths do feel emotions. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I enjoy that. You give me a good character that's going to make me feel like that. I like that. The Dracarys was pretty cool, too. I, that was the callback to, like, Daenerys saying Dracarys. accents are really nice. I like the way that she says it. She says it's so different from Daenerys, you know? Like, I just, I loved it. I don't know how she said it. I didn't but... like when, the way she said it. I was like, where's the umph? But then I'm like, oh, wait, she's burning her mother. So, wait. <laughs> oh, okay. You want her to burn her mother in style. We got it. I did, like, say it with <laughs> conviction, bitch. You have a dragon. Well, I think because she was crying. You saw that moment right before she says that she's trying to, yeah. like, compose herself so that she could do it right. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. I felt bad. Like, I wanted to hug my mom after I saw that because I'm just like, that's my mom. You know, that's her mom. Like, yeah, you know, like, that's, that's heartbreaking. What do you, and she's so young to lose her mom. And I think we've seen so many characters in this world lose their mom so young. And it's like, it, it's heartbreaking because you don't know how they're going to turn out. You, everyone needs your mother. I don't care how old you are. You need your mom. Mm-hmm. As long as you know your mom was great, you know, good, there Cersei, for you. You need your mom. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, Cersei, well, you know, you can you can cut those out. But for the most part, if you have a great mom, you need her. I don't care if you're 10, if you're 20, 30, I think 40. specifically for her, too, because she is a woman in a world not made for women. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have a feeling that she's going to turn to her aunt, who is bitter about not being the queen. She's and, like, like Elena. Yeah, like, I think she's going to give her solid advice, but mm-hmm. advice that's, like, a double-edged sword that mm-hmm. could potentially ruin her. She could be a little bit manipulative, too. Maybe yeah. not in a bad way, but because she's, like, a little salty. Mm-hmm. I say a little, but she might be salty, but she might actually... Again, if she likes Renera, she's going to probably speak truth. Maybe be blunt, but not manipulate her but we've seen that what it's like to be near the crown everybody wants something from you hardly anyone is looking out for your best interests so we'll see yeah okay so after the funeral damon is uh banded about as a question of an heir surfaces as is Rhaenys, who is known among many as the queen who never was. Viserys scoffs off the idea of Rhaenys sitting on the throne. She's older than him, after all. And this upsets her husband, Corlys Valerian, played by Steve Toussaint. 
Uh, Otto Hightower, meanwhile, works to sabotage Damon's chances. Not only does he send his daughter to console the king, pounce to Viserys, an orgiastic party where Damon appeared to be celebrating the death of Balon, whom he called the heir for a day. When confronted, Damon can only say that we all mourn in our own way. He goes on to call Viserys weak criticizing him for never asking Damon to serve as his hand. Viserys declares that he won't be naming Damon as his heir, ordering him to return to the Vale. It's Rhaenyra he chooses as his heir. He lays out two things that a Targaryen ruler must know to her, which are that a Targaryen mustn't believe the myths about them that pervade Westeros, namely that Targaryens are capable of controlling dragons, and that their ancestor foresaw something he called a song of ice and fire, the end of the world of man via a terrible winter that can only be survived with a Targaryen on the throne. This secret must be carried, protected, and passed down, he says. The episode ends with Daemon departing on, a, on his dragon, Caracas, as the lords of the realm pledge their fealty to Rhaenyra. So, Brittany, what'd you think? We we are in here. We are in the Game of Thrones. It's It's... It's set up. Like, we got it. Rhaenyra is uh, named heir, and Damon ain't happy. So I'm wondering if that affection, he's going to use it for his gain. Is it going to stay the same, or does he hold resentment towards her because that he's going to probably fight the crown for sure? That's exactly what they've been setting up. And as much as Damon is a dick, I feel like everything he told the king was valid. Because... Otto Hightower is a little, he's scheming. Look what he did. He pimped his daughter to the king. Like, you can't tell me that he did that because the king's his best friend. He needs, like, to be consoled or comfort or whatever. No way. He's giving his daughter to the king for his own reasons. So, yeah, no, I don't think everyone in that council meeting is trying to help the king out. Like, if they are, it's for ulterior motives or... It's not genuine. Everyone there has something that they want. And Damon is, has always been upfront about it. Like, yeah, sure, he's snarky, he's sassy. He likes to fight with Otto, um, Otto Hightower because they have beef. But he's never been anything but himself. Like, you, everybody in that table was like, Damon's this, Damon's that. And it's like, Damon's like, yeah, I am. What of it? While everyone's trying to fake being something else. So I feel like that scene was fantastic. I loved it. Um, that doesn't mean that Damon's like right to be the one to like hold the throne or whatever. I don't think he's I don't think he should have that kind of power, um, given what we saw in this episode, no matter how much I say I love him. But um, that scene was incredible. And Viserys got a backbone. He told his brother, like, get the hell out of here. I can't believe you said that about my son. Um, and I kind of like too that we didn't us, the audience, didn't hear him say it. Like we got the scene where he's in there. He's awarding all his men and there's like a giant orgy going on that's that's how you celebrate but we see Damon he's kind of he's kind of not celebrating I don't know what's going on like I don't know how Matt's trying to play it here but he's everyone else is having a good time he just found out you know his nephew was heir for a day and he's just kind of there drinking until they make him give a speech and then they cut away to um, Otto Hightower telling the king what he said so did he really say it? We don't know, but he kind of admits that he did. But um, the demeanor that he has at the beginning of that scene, then to the cut 
of him talking to Viserys is like it's just really it's really fantastic. I like that they chose to do that um, because I feel like Damon can still play us too. So when you don't give us all that all that uh, the context of that and how he said it and when he said it, um, it leaves it up in the air. Like, is he really that cruel? Is he really an asshole? But he also does say that he's looking out for his brother, which I think was genuine, maybe in a twisted way, because we saw that with like Tywin and his kids. He was an asshole of a dad, but he was like lawful evil. Like he still tried to do good things, but it was always with an ulterior motive. But he cared about his kids, you know, like when Jamie got um, kidnapped or what, or not kidnapped. I'm sorry. He was a hostage at war. Like he wanted his son, like stuff like that. It's like, I care about you through a filial way. So I don't know. I think he was speaking truth there. He was speaking facts. So that was great. And I definitely think um, his mistress is going to play a big part in what's to come. It seems like he's a late. I want to say he's a ladies man, but he's been with that woman the entirety of this episode. I know he has no love for his wife. So I feel like she's going to play a part. And I'm interested to see where her character is going to go because she seems to know how to talk to him. So I don't know. It's going to be cool to watch him. Yeah, no, she did. And she was there with the dragon and stuff like that. Like he was kind of like treating her like you know, like his companion. So I'm just wondering, like, what that's going to look like. Like, is she ambitious? Is she also, does she, is she treating him affectionately because she likes him? Or is it for her to rise in the ranks? You know, because I feel like that's what everyone tries to do in this show. Um, but I don't know. And Rhaenyra, I feel like it's really cool that her dad, you know, the king comes to tell her everything. Like, hey, you're going to be my heir, but you need to know this. And they do a throwback to Song of Ice and Fire. You know, it, it kind of sucks that we know how it ends now it's like oh yeah that that lasted one hour and 20 minutes and uh it's not great but we know now that the legend has been passed down from king to king or king to queen now and um that's pretty cool i kind of like that and she's ready to take it up and i don't know about the allison thing i know we talked about that earlier but i i think allison is innocent right now i feel like she knows what she has to do but i don't think she likes it but if this keeps happening she's gonna have to find a way to deal with it and just like you know whatever that whatever happens with that like i i honestly don't know if she's gonna be a mistress she's gonna be the stepmom i don't know but that's what it's kind of looking like especially since we didn't see them hook up or anything she was like i'm gonna read you a book or whatever the fuck she wanted to do with that like i thought that was weird but um, she, she's young, and her dad is, I don't know if you guys saw, like, saw what I saw, but when her dad, uh, Otto Hightower, calls her in, he hugs her, and he comforts her, and he's like, how is Rhaenyra doing, you know? And then, yes, I miss your mother, and then the queen died, and stuff like And then right after that, he's like, you know, just, just go visit the king. And I was just like, bruh, what? That's another form of manipulation, but that's the little finger in him. So all the players are set and I honestly don't know who I'm going for right now, which I think is really clever about this show. Game of Thrones, I was like, all right, I'm with the Starks. I'm not going to be with a weird twin incest. But here I'm like, I don't know what I want. I mean, I like Rhaenyra. I like her. I hope she doesn't turn into a mad queen. Now, now see, you know what? Now I feel like I'm a... I'm suffering PTSD. I feel like they're going to make her a mad queen. And I'm like, I shouldn't go for her. But as I far as like... I feel like they know better than that. 
Well, <laughs> well, I know her story's already written. I have not looked up anything, and I don't want to. All I know is that they, what they have written is probably a lot of details. But the mm. the inter the 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 inner workings of the relationships and stuff like that, I feel like that's where the writers get to, you know, give us a journey. So I mm-hmm. want to like see where they're gonna take us with with that. I don't know um, if she doesn't. I don't know any of that. But whereas it stands, she's like the only one. I feel like you know, is not playing any game. That she's just like mm-hmm. my my mom died. I didn't. So I don't think my dad loves me as much as like heir he never had, like the boy he never had. But now I'm his heir. So I we're kind of going to go on a journey with her to see her rise to be a queen. Gina, what'd you think? Um, so like again, I'm gonna be like Brittany and be super problematic. I love Damon. I honestly, <laughs> I honestly like when he was like having that speech moment at that orgy thing i agree i don't think he was actually celebrating i think he genuinely was just trying to like it reminds me of Tyrion when Tyrion would go to like brothels and stuff to kind of like drink away the pain of like what was going on or like how he because he should have been celebrating right because yeah exactly he would have been so much more enthusiastic if he was genuinely and given that we have had his type of character already established like even just with the subtleties of his armor during the jousting like he's not afraid of being super like extra and like showing a lot of bravado Mm -hmm. so he would have been celebrating for sure i do think he might have like insinuated or said the like air for a day thing but i don't think it was conveyed to the king in the right context of which it was said and like that whole scene with him and his brother doing like their little standoff I agree, 100% speaking facts. Um, you straight up let some random old religious guy convince you to cut your wife open and, like, kill her. Like, you just, you did. Like, there's no getting around. So he is weak, like, willed and weak-minded. <laughs> In terms of the Hightower, uh, Otto Hightower being like, daughter, I just, she like, you know what's fucked up about that scene when he was pimping out his daughter? He was like, oh, you might want to put on your mother's dress. Excuse me? Yeah, like he's like, you know which one, the slutty one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck am I listening? I was literally like, I was so My jaw kind of dropped a little bit there. I was all yeah. like, are you kidding me? He was really? just talking about how her mom's dead. And then you're like, LOL, put on her dress, though, before you go open up your life. Like, what? That's was kind like... of like the scarier manipulation, I feel like, because yeah. it looks like he cares about his daughter. He, he shows her com- all the emotional part. But then... He fucking, like, turns it around and is like, yeah, okay, well, I showed you that. Okay, go do this. And it's like, what? Do you even love me at all, Dad? Like, what is that? Literally, it was so fucked up. And then her solution is like, yeah, let me bring a book. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am, she's now lo- you she, know. Yeah. Now she, you know that ain't right. <laughs> she was very, you could tell from her body language, like, the actress played it well. Like, yeah, she was she uncomfortable. Did but dutiful like she knew she had to go do it so she tries to prepare yeah. herself and she's like well i'm really good with books so i'm gonna go like read him a thing but you but also they don't show us anything that they do which i'm glad yeah. i'm glad they don't it's implied you don't need you can you don't have to show us all the time you know yeah a hundred percent i also feel like nothing may have actually happened off the jump like yeah. i don't think so. like at most a kid but i don't think it actually happened i do think though that her character is going to be a complete and absolute bitch i am a hundred percent like put me down i think that's going to happen i think that's where the conflict between her and renera are going to happen where 
she's figuring out what her friend's doing, <laughs> hustling her Gucci on the side, <laughs> and she's not going to be about it, especially because she loved her mom so much, right? Like, she's used to a very traditional, I guess, setup. But Renee reminds me a lot of, um, oh, what was her name? Arya, Arya Stark. Like, mm-hmm. in the sense that she's just, she has her own mind. She is a little bit tomboyish. Like, and she has a potential lead. I don't think she's going to want to by the end of it. But I do think that she would be, like, a pretty badass character. Um, but, yeah, going back to Damon, I don't think he anything he said was wrong. I think he was speaking facts for sure. Um, I do think that his, like, love interest is going to be that, like, prostitute lady, at least for the beginning half of it. Um I wonder where he's off to. I also love that they threw in the Easter egg of the veil because this would be the second woman from the veil that nobody fucks with. And <laughs> like rightfully so they're kind of crazy. Yeah. But um, in terms of like when she's in the like, are they catacombs, the dungeon thing? And you see the very first dragon with all the like candles there. And then he's telling her like the prophecy. And like, I do think it's good advice to be like, don't believe all the myths about us. And I think that was done purposely to kind of contrast showing kind of what makes a good leader. Like it reminds me of Danny in a way where she didn't want to lead simply because it was her birthright or because she had the power to do so. She wanted to genuinely do good things. And then, like, I feel like Damon's the flip side where he wants to rule because he genuinely believes it's his right mm-hmm. and that he has the ability and the power and therefore he has the right to do it. So I think that was an interesting conversation when he was like, there's something I have to tell you before you accept this. And then he talked about the prophecy like, okay, yeah, sure. But like, you also might want to mention that you killed her fucking mom. Like when she finds that out, I feel like that's going to be that's, like when shit. That's going to come out. I think when you mentioned that earlier, I was thinking about it. I'm like, that's got to come out because they're probably going to want to turn her against her father. A hundred percent. So that's like, probably going to be it. And rightfully so. I bet like, I ain't trusting you. Like, no, that scene was pretty cool. I also, again, they did a lot of, like, shots in the pilot where it was, like, two things happening simultaneously for, like, symbolical reasons. But, like, the fact that they had all those lords pledging their allegiance to her. Also, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it. But, like, when you see specifically the Starks and the Baratheons pledging their loyalty... And I was, like, I was 100% side-eyeing them. Like, you bitches are not loyal. Like, I know <laughs> you're not loyal. But, um... They were yeah, rolling their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, no, like... And it really I, is because it's Rhaenyra, right? Because it's a woman on the throne. Like, you exactly. in the council meeting, too, they were like, a girl? What? Yeah. But wasn't, what, wasn't the maester, though, kind of vouching for her? I can't remember. One of them was kind of saying like oh well tradition's yeah. kind of you know this it's okay if it's a like he was yeah. kind of implying that it was i think it was the maester i think it probably was because there was the other guy who i again haven't friggin no clue what his name is but the guy with the like beard he looked like robert baratheon but younger um but i know he wasn't a baratheon he was the one that was like adamantly against the fact that like yeah he was a woman and, and then there like, was someone the next up. to him yeah there was someone next to him i don't know who that i forget who that was and then it was the maester and i i, yeah. I could have sworn the maester was all like kind of 
saying like it's okay if you name her like it sounded it sounded like he didn't want because they were discussing damon also in the other air i I think he was kind of vouching for rainer but it could be because maybe they think a woman can't rule so it's just like she has the title but that they will manipulate her because isn't that kind of what happened in game of thrones like why you know robert baratheon wanted ned there was because to handle everything for him while he yeah. went and did other stuff. So maybe they think that they can control her or do things behind her back, you know, like the workings of it. And she just has the title. At least that's what I kind of assumed that was. But I thought that that was interesting that a Macer, which usually seems to be the most sexist, um, was the one that was like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. She can kind of do it, I guess, or something. And, yeah. you know, Damon fucked like- it up with that, with that, uh, sorry, with that, uh, speech because i feel like viserys might have named him heir if oh, uh, he didn't do that so. to. yeah i feel like too though that like i feel like rain renair is gonna be very like susceptible and like manipulation for like a little bit i think when she's gonna stop is when she finds out that her dad killed her mom and she's gonna realize like damn i can't trust absolutely oh, anybody and then that's when we're gonna see her kind of like switch up a bit um but yeah, I like the fact that they, that whole scene where she's being named the heir or whatever happens at the same time where you kind of see, like, Damon taking off. I thought it was interesting, too, because it's, like, the opposite of which each what each character wants. Like, Renee yeah. was literally like, no, I want to just go on my dragon, fly, explore, chill, have a comfortable life. And Damon was like, no, like, I actually want the throne. So it was like they both got the what the other wanted. Yeah. So that was kind of cool as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. The game, like the board is set. We're going to have to like try to figure shit out. I can't wait to see kind of like the ants role, the queen that never was. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's definitely going to be like, this is going to trigger her because she's going to be like, oh, now it's okay for a woman to be. (laughs) Well, no, see, I'm wondering if she's going to be the type that's like, I'll guide you and I'll help you or I'll guide you and I'll help you. But in the way that I was going to rule. Like, use yeah. her. Again, like, I feel like yeah. everyone's going to want to use Rhaenyra as a puppet. And here's the mm-hmm. thing. I think Rhaenyra is book smart. I think, you know, we, we see that when Allison's getting annoyed with her. Like, you don't know your history. You don't know. But she actually knows everything. But she's just a free spirit. She doesn't. But she yeah. was also brought up thinking she was never going to hold that kind of power. Mm-hmm. So I think it was also kind of cool that we saw her doing what she wanted. Mom kind of gave her a little bit of you know mm-hmm. a grief about it but she's still kind of doing whatever she wants she's 14 and when we saw 14 15 and when we saw in game of thrones what was sansa already like they're making her do they were already gonna make her engage to joffrey they were already making yeah. her do all these things to be like you're becoming a woman you need to go do these things and rhaenyra was kind of just you know having her studies hanging out with her friend riding her dragon being the cupbearer like she didn't they yeah. weren't forcing her to be like well you're gonna have to marry someone and you're gonna have to do like i didn't see any of that like her mom was kind of mm-hmm. giving her a little bit of it but not forcing her so i was like oh damn and now that you mentioned it you know with the parallel of, like damon doing what he doesn't want to and she's doing what she i don't know if she ever wanted to rule maybe that was never in her head because she never thought she mm-hmm. could do it but now she's in that position and they didn't bring her up for it like, yeah. she doesn't know how the Game of Thrones works. She just has a lot of knowledge. She free spirits. So I, we're growing with her. That's what this is. We're going to be like, I don't know what to do here either. So what is I she going to do? I feel like it's going to be, like, I feel like Game of Thrones is really good at that, though. Like, presenting younger characters who 
genuinely have to learn. Like, we saw it with Arya, we saw it with Sansa, we saw it with, like, even Jon Snow, even though he had a little bit more of a grip on reality, like, we saw it with all of them, where it was, like, they were living, for all intents and purposes, a very privileged life, and then, like, shit hit the fan, and then they were like, oh, wait, life isn't all roses, for whatever reason, and they kind of, like, were forced to grow up in that way. So I feel like that's probably what we're going to get in this as well. I'm just interested to see how, like, the fallout is. And, like, I do think that her aunt would guide her, but I don't think it's going to be well-intentioned at all. Because, remember, her aunt also has two kids. She has a son, and she has a daughter. So if she ever claims, like, a title, she she already has an heir. So, like... She might not want to secure it for herself. She might want to secure it for her kids. Yeah, that sounds very Olena. I mean, Olena was a little bit, she was yeah. sassy and funny, but she genuinely cared about Loras and Marjorie, you know, until whatever mm-hmm. happened in Game of Thrones and she became, well, I have nothing else, so I'm going to go after them. Yeah. So I feel like it could be kind of like that. Could be a little bit more malicious or it really could be, you know, I'm looking out for my own and I have to play it this way or mm-hmm. else, you know, well, we'll see what that what everyone's intentions are. We know the players, but um, it just depends on how they treat the new queen. It's not gonna be favorably, but uh, we'll I mean, yeah. But Damon on his, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Damon's got game. Imagine, <laughs> oh, imagine he's like, hey, come, come, look at my dragon, touch it, and I'm just like, oh my god, I could die right now. But like, I mean, I'm, he's you know, not real. I know, but I mean, yeah, I felt it. I felt it. You felt it. The screen. I felt it. There's a there's a love triangle going on here, and uh, but no, I thought, but no, I love them. That's why I want to know like what's gonna happen. Like I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not rooting for him to like, you know, take the crowns because I don't think he's fit. But yeah. I enjoy him around like the characters, like doing his own shit. But he probably is out of control. Or will be because that's mm-hmm. something they told us a lot in Game of Thrones that the Targaryens at the flip of a coin could either be like chill or they're gonna go mad. That some yeah. of them aren't even born mad. That or, or what was it? Maybe some are, but I think the majority is that they go mad. So yeah, is Damon like mad. yeah? So is Damon already like showing stuff of that, and then he's gonna get even crazier? Is Rhaenyra actually chill or is she gonna go mad? Like that's what I'm like looking at right now but i can't tell i don't think damon would go mad if i'm being honest i think the king right now would probably go mad he might go mad yeah i also read like a theory that like i don't know if it's a theory or if it's an actual thing but it was like people would watch like how like whatever king or queen or king probably um sat on the throne and got like cut the most because it meant that the throne was rejecting them like yeah that they weren't supposed to be sitting on the throne so I was like, that's also fucking interesting because I'm like, if that's the case, this man's is getting cut up left, right. He's not meant for that throne. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to pay attention to Rainer whenever she sits on that thing. But that thing is quickly. I don't want to sit on it. It's so huge. Yeah. Aesthetically, like, oh. it looks great because don't they describe the chair as something like super mega, like it's a big, like, um, like staircase like all the way up to it and there's a lot of, yeah. like there's a thousand or something swords there's like a thousand it, swords yeah like i know so, i've like, seen like fan art of it and it looks humongous and fucking intimidating as fuck i feel like this one has a little bit more of that but it's not as big as like the way they describe it in the book but yeah yeah i don't i don't want to sit on that i just want to mention two things that i completely disagree with both of you on 
One of them is uh Better not talk about Damon. I'll fight you. I'm Otto Hightower's daughter. I don't okay. think she's a baby Sansa. I think that she knew that the king, who was like one of those nerds that was diffusing his sorrow by making like little dolls for his like little standee of like the the city, like his the best way to access him would be to like emotionally talk bond about, with him. Yeah, talk about old. Talk talk about the death of her mother and talk about books like that's the best way to reach a nerd like so I think she, I I think she's more crafty than y'all are giving her credit for I do not think she I innocent. do think she's crafty but I think it's like right now she's too innocent to be hella crafty I feel like that craftiness will eventually develop and that's why I think she's gonna be a bitch I think she's gonna understand that like she's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place so she can do good now and she might be coming from an innocent place and she's smart for sure but i feel like eventually that's gonna just kind of corrupt itself i don't think it would be like another sansa i feel like it would if i agree with Brittany, i think it's gonna be an anti-sansa but not until later yeah no i was just gonna say that because like it it seems really it, it's just setting the the tone for it especially why they didn't show us anything because maybe there isn't anything she's just literally bonding with him emotionally but i i i think even nowadays if there is if you don't hook up with your friend's parent that's just that that's a rule i don't care if you're playing games and game of thrones or whatever it's just it's weird and um it that that's gonna strain the relationship and whether or not allison really falls in love with uh viserys and it's wholesome i don't know how that would be wholesome because of the age difference it's weird um even if it is genuine, like she grows to love him and he grows to love her and stuff like that, it's just, it's not going to fly with Rhaenyra. Yeah, I would be very surprised if they go that route that she doesn't mind Allison being her stepmom. But I don't, this is Game of Thrones. I don't think it's going to be that easy. That would actually be a, kind of the twist that I would kind of want, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I feel like Allison, it could be that Allison's actually, it's genuine, it's real. And she's trying to explain that to Rhaenyra. And Rhaenyra's like, uh, no that's weird you're not my mama like what and then that one might cause strain or like me and um odina are saying i think that uh she's just gonna want her own power too and uh that's gonna cause strain with them and maybe it's because i've seen the trailer and i've seen some weird scenes but again i don't know the context i don't know what like why it would draw her but i have to assume that sometimes you're humbled by your experiences other times you take it and you become something that you didn't think you ever would become. So I feel like Allison might do that. Um, but I could be totally wrong. And that's okay, Priscilla. You could totally tell us when we're wrong. Um, I will not fight you on that because that's fun. I like the <laughs> theories here. Like, I I don't know these characters. I don't know. And I don't want to research them either because I, I want to find out the journey here. I want to see what's going to happen. And the last thing I, I disagreed with you guys is I dislike Damon I'm like I think you totally were celebrating like you couldn't like celebrate all out because then that would like get the king against you but you were at a whorehouse right after the death of (laughs) of the 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 heir of course you're celebrating with your mistress like and he had he had to say like the air for a day because he was fucking celebrating. Well, so. you know, you know what I can add to that to agree with you on that. 
I think it's not that Damon is soft and he has like a lot of feelings for everything. I definitely think it's insecurity. And when somebody's insecure, they and they show it, they're vulnerable, which is why his, you know, mistress was able to coddle him when he started he went, that first scene that they're together by the window and he's like, you know, with his blanket, and he looks like a little boy, you know, like he's all like Oh, I'm sad. And she's like, oh, what's the matter with my prince? Like, you know, like she's buttering him up and holds them. And then there while he's sitting there in his chair and he's just kind of contemplating what's happening while there's an orgy around him and he's not really celebrating. She uh, she tells him, like, hey, you're the arrogant. You have no nobody's going to contest you. And he's like, yeah, you know what? That's right. And then he does a speech. You see what I'm getting at? Like it's uh, he's ambitious, but he's also insecure. But if he gets his ego, like, stroked a little bit, then he rises and he starts saying shit. Okay. So you could, so you could be right with that. Well, I think we covered about everything. So now we're going to go into the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you the most throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. So this episode, I'm going to be nice and let you two go first. But I'm going to choose Odina to go first first, though. Okay, um, this is going to be a hard one because I actually have two. I will be nice to Brittany, and I will say Rhaenyra was definitely my favorite. I just thought she was a really cool character. I think she's like a blank slate in that I can't really tell where her character is going to go because she's so innocent, and we all know like innocence gets lost in like two seconds in Game of Thrones. So I love her. I love her dragon, and I want to see where she goes. Brittany, who's your MVP? I thought I was going to have to throw hands right now. I agreed with her because I wanted to, what was it? I also had Damon and Rhaenyra as my two MVPs. Um, But yes, I'm going to pick Damon because there was already hype that Matt Smith was casted. And I was like, I don't know. It's weird. The last thing I heard about him was he was a Morbius. And uh, apparently he was the best part of it. It's morbid time. But um, I wanted, I heard about Damon too being a ladies man, being like, you know, the bad brother and stuff like that. And Priscilla knows I have a thing for bad brothers. But I just wanted to see, what was he going to do here? Was he going to be the standout? And I feel like he was. I enjoyed all his scenes. Um, the softness, the egotistical brassness, like the way he was when he in the jousting tournament. But I think most of all, his speech to the king, like when all the cards are on the table, like the king heard what he said or he was told what he said in that uh, in the brothel, the orgy thing. And now he's not making excuses for his brother. So his brother's like, oh, shit. OK, you know what? You, you know what? Fine. I'm going to tell you what I really feel. And he says it. And it's true. And you're kind of like, damn, OK, he's the, he might be the villain here, but he's also spitting facts. And um I am a fan of those types of characters. You can be evil, but if you're spitting facts, it's like, damn, okay, I'm for that. And I feel like he's going to be a favorite for me this season. Um, And I'm so eager to watch more of him. And yes, I am a thought for him. But he's been written well, he's been presented well, and I can't wait to see more. My favorite character, thank God none of you chose her, was Lady Alison Hightower. Because I love that little scene underneath the the tree where she's like don't you have any like gumption for the throne and she's like nope and it it just it it gave me swan queen vibes it was very like 
we're best friends and maybe more. And I also really liked her, how she twisted, like, a scene that could have been terrible with um, the king and added some, like, comfort to it and some innocence to it. But I still believe that there there's more to her than meets the eye. She's totally ambitious. She's gonna go for the throne. I just, I know it. It's down in my bones. I know it. So... Uh, now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 dragon eggs? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than 10, you may grant it the coveted golden dragon. Since Odina went first, I'm going to let Brittany go first this time. How would you rate the episode, Brittany? Oh, man. Straight up 8 out of 10. It did its job. It was solid. It pulled me back in, which I didn't know if that was going to be a thing. You know, I've been talking about House of the Dragon for, like, maybe two years. They were talking about, like, three different Game of Thrones spinoffs or world stuff going on. And they greenlit this one. The casting was coming out. I didn't really know too much of the actors and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Just let the episode and the writing speak for itself. Let's see what this pilot can do. And it, it got me. I was already drawn in probably, like, five to ten minutes. I was like, I'm back in this world. I like the characters. I like what's going on. It's not copycatting. It's, you know, predecessor. It's going to be in the same world, but do s- some different stuff. And when you do some, when you're able to do something like that, that's, that's, that's great in my book. So I don't want to rate it too high in the sense of like, oh my God, it was amazing, but it was really good. And I have a feeling, you know, it's going to get better as it goes on since it's it's established its characters in the world now we get to see how they elevate that so eight out of ten dragon eggs odina how many dragon eggs do you give it i'm gonna give it a 9.5 i honestly was kind of impressed by how much of an impression that this episode left i think all around um it was a really well written episode cinematography beautiful i also like that they kind of changed the way the cinematography was a little bit um colors more muted things seem a little more darker even though technically we're starting off in a very like peaceful world so i really liked that uh budget was busting i just know it's gonna continue to be because there's dragons involved but like those dragons looked amazing um but yeah overall really good i like the way it kind of set the board set the tone for what is potentially going to happen. I also like the fact that I genuinely don't know what's going to happen, who to trust, or where character plot lines are going to go. Um, so it's definitely up there for me. I take one or half a point, I guess, technically away, because I do think that there could be room for improvement. I just feel like other episodes are going to be better, and I don't want to give it a full 10. Um, but this is a high standard, so yes. I'm going to agree with one of you, and the person I agree with is Brittany. I'm going to give it an 8. Mainly because, although I really liked the episode, I felt like they got a ton of backstory and and summarization of plot and action, like, crammed into one episode. And I thought that was good, but I felt like they retreaded and they relied a lot on the fact that you know Game of Thrones. Like they they even went down and I didn't mention this, but um they went they used the same music that Ramin Jawadi 
composed, and I didn't like that because I thought that some of the best stuff that Game of Thrones had was its music at the beginning and how, like, impactful it was and how, like, original it was. And the fact that they just reused the songs felt cheap to me. Like, in a, in a way that this show with freaking Dragoon armor and intricate, like, design... And dragons, for Christ's sake, like deserves better. It deserves better music than that, and it deserves like better. Um, I just, I, I feel like, and little things like go back to a song of ice and fire, and Daenerys Targaryen, one hundred and twenty-seven years later, like little things like that, like bugged me. But on enough, only that get, takes off two points. But other than that, it was an average episode, pretty good. So. With that being said, now our watch has ended. Join us next time for a brand new installment of The Throne Room, House of the Dragon. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Throne Room, House of Dragons, and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-host... Would you please wish the listeners a good night? Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to The Throne Room, House of the Dragons via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. New episodes release every Tuesday. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. For the night is dark and full of terrors. Good night.